and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Good morning and a joyous and blessed New Year's to all of you, our listeners. On this, the very first day of 2017, it would be good for you to look back. Psalm 103 verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. This first day of the new year, it would be great for us to look back on all of God's benefits. But there's more. This first day of 2017, it would also be very good to look within. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Yes, this first day of the year, it would be good to look within to ask God to search us. But there's more. Not only look back today, not only look within today, but third, look ahead today. On this, the first day of 2017, look ahead. James 4, verse 14. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. As we look ahead to the year that is before us, we must be mindful that it is all contingent upon God giving us life. And all of our plans ought to be stated with the mindset of, if the Lord wills. 2017 proves to be a year that is unique, as all years are. A Bahamian election, Bahamar, maybe you've had a medical diagnosis, maybe you're in medical treatments, Maybe you have significant money problems. Maybe you have fears of many kinds. Maybe you have particular family challenges or school. You look into this new year of 2017 as a student, you say, how am I gonna get the work done? How am I gonna pay for school? What's gonna happen after school? Will I have a job? The US has a new president. There's so many things going on at the front end of 2017. I want to leave you with 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. It states a timeless truth that we can cling to on this, the first day of 2017. 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. Therefore the Lord God of Israel declares, I did indeed say that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. This first day of 2017, listener, I want you to look back, I want you to look within, and I want you to look ahead, and I want you to remember that God's promise for you is that those who honor him, he will honor. And so may you and yours have a happy and a holy new year. This morning, please turn to Jude verses 5 through 16. False teachers change God's grace so that they can abuse it. Plus, 
False teachers change Christ's rightful authority and reduce it to nothing in their thinking and their living. And now, Pastor Robert Elliott. Bob Larson is a believer who is an expert author on cults. And Bob Larson says that all false teachings have similarities. You ready? All false teachings tend to demote God, devalue Christ, deify man, deny sin, and denigrate Scripture. Let me say that for you again. All cults and false teachers demote God, devalue Christ, deify man, deny sin, and denigrate Scripture. The outline for Jude we proposed last time was JD. Ready, steady, go. And we said that in some ways the truth of this book could be categorized or outlined with this whole situation. And so the first part of that formula, JD, ready, steady, go, is JD. That happens to be our son's name. But you could put your name in there. Sally, ready, steady, go. Hector, ready, steady, go. And we said last time that the your name part of this book is verses 1 to 4. And basically, these verses are telling us, as individual Christians, to be heads up about false teachers. Let's reread these four verses, the your name part of Jude, the name that, the part of the book that says, be aware, wake up, let me get your attention, God says. Verse 1, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, we said that, and I'll interject, that he was the half-brother of Jesus. But he didn't drop names because he's humble because he's not a false teacher. False teachers are proud. James was not a false teacher. Jude was not a false teacher. Although he's a half-brother of the Lord Jesus, he only cited being a brother of James. To those who are the called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. We said the normal Hebraic Jewish greeting of that day was mercy and peace, but the Spirit of God adds love because we're going to need discerning love to understand how to respond to false teachers. We need to love the people around us enough to meet their needs to protect our children, our spiritual children, and our church from false teachers. We're not only going to need mercy and peace, we're also going to need a good dose of God's love. Because standing up to false teachers takes courage. You don't make friends and influence people if you stand up to false teachers. I told you last time about having to discipline Santa Claus in our last congregation. He looked just like Santa Claus, but he was a heretic. And we had to put him out from the fellowship and stop him from coming to the Lord's table because he was teaching our people heresy. Judah, bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are the called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Verse 3, beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith. It's not a faith. It's not one faith. It's not. It's the faith. Definitive. Definite article. The faith. If you're saved, you are in the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. For certain persons, we said, were they not named because there were so many of them? 
maybe. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our Lord, of our God, excuse me, into licentiousness, that's immorality, sexual immorality and looseness, and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. These false teachers were ungodly, and they aborted and twisted and malfunctioned the grace of God. False teachers still do that. And they twisted and distorted the grace of God to their own advantage so their own sexual pleasures could be fulfilled without any guilt. That's licentiousness. And they denied our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. That was last week under the Your Name section. Have I got your attention? These people are for real. They're among us. They are not theory. They are reality. And a false teacher to review demotes God, devalues Christ, deifies man, denies sin, and denigrates Scripture. And so still by way of review, the verses of last week, verses 1 to 4, tell us as individual believers to have heads up about these false teachers. Why? Because we're called of God to salvation. Why? Because we're beloved of God in salvation. And why? Because we're kept secure in our salvation by God. And because we're called, loved, and kept in salvation, we should have on our lips and in our decisions mercy, peace, and love. They are to be our weapons. And since these false teachers change God's grace, we should unapologetically see them as being godless. We should unapologetically see them as being under God's condemnation. And we should unapologetically see them as being sneaky infiltrators into the church. And so last time we tackled the your name. Walter, ready, steady, go. We covered the your name, verses 1 to 4, last time. And now we come in this creative outline of your name, ready, steady, go. We come to ready, verses 5 to 16. And the ready section is saying, this is what false teachers are like. Ready? This is what is coming from God by way of judgment to false teachers. Ready? This is the kind of person you must beware of. Are you ready? This type of person is wanted in the courtroom of heaven for being a false teacher. Ready? We need to know together that false teachers that we meet will be subtle. They will not be like Stanley Bethune of Dubuque, Iowa. Stanley filed formal application with the courts to legally change his name to the world savior. He said he wanted to change his name to promote world peace. The judge denied his request for, among other reasons, the fact that there already is one and only one. The judge was a believer in Christ. The false teachers that we meet the false teachers that we may hear, the false teachers that we may even know, won't be nearly so brash. In fact, they'll work hard at beautifully blending into our small group Bible studies, blending in camouflaged into our worship services or our midweek programs. They will come as chameleons with their own personal agendas and their unbiblical beliefs. 
You might call it subversion under the steeple. Now, scanning verses 5 to 16, we see that, among other things, the false teachers that we'll encounter are, you ready for the list? They're dreamers, verse 8. They're homosexuals, verse 7 and 8. They're rejecters of authority, verses 8 and 11. They're slanderers of angels and church leaders, verse 8. The false teachers merely are possessors of brute animal knowledge, verse 10. They are Christ rejectors, verse 11. They are covetous, verse 11. They are participants at our church's communion tables, verse 12. They are selfish, hollow, and fruitless, verse 12. They are unstable, verse 13. They are ungodly, verse 15. They are grumblers, critics, self-serving, boastful flatterers, verse 16. The false teachers who Jude was exposing had changed God's grace. That's the only way you get to be in that list, is that you change the grace of God that calls us to salvation and to holiness, and you change it into licentiousness. You change it into being not under the lordship of Christ. Yes, the false teachers who Jude exposed had changed the grace of God See it there in verse 4, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. These false teachers were antinomian Gnostics. What does that mean? Anti means against. Namas means law. When you are an antinomian, you are against God's law. You reject God's law. But they weren't just antinomian. They were antinomian Gnostics. Gnosis is knowledge. They were lawless eggheads, we'd say. Antinomian Gnostics. Let me expand this. These false teachers back then were lawless eggheads. These false teachers believed that knowledge was superior to virtue. In other words, these false teachers knew a lot more than they did about what they knew. And you know what? In all honesty, in the average evangelical church, probably in this church as well, we who know Christ and revere his word, we are educated in his word oftentimes beyond our willingness to obey his word. And in so doing, we sin as 21st century Gnostics. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now, today's personal God story. Well, this morning, I'm very pleased to have Sister Martha Albrey in our radio studio. And uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine, Pastor Rob. Oh, that's great. It's great to have God's stories that we can share with our listeners. And tell me, were you uh, born and raised in Nassau or somewhere else? Yes, I was born in Nassau, Bahamas, and I was raised here from birth. <laughs> Fantastic. And I know that uh, you, like so many of us, have seen God bring you through some crises in your life. And um, one of those had to do with your daughter and a medical need. And I wonder if you could help us know what the Lord did for your daughter. Yes, God was very faithful in bringing her through her surgery. Back in 1989, she was uh, diagnosed with a brain tumor, mm. and uh, she had to have surgery in Florida. And we were there for four months. Wow. It was really a long time, but... 
during that time, I really saw God work in our lives. And um, my daughter, she was very uh, much involved with church and the choir and everything. And she knew the Lord. Yes. And the morning when she was going in for her surgery, the one thing that really stuck out with me and my husband was she was very happy. And she said to us, Mom and Dad, don't worry. I'm in the best physician's hand. Wow. And if I don't make it, one day you'll see me again. Mm. And so that was very encouraging to both my husband and I. I'm sure. really showed that Charmaine had set her roots deep into the Lord and His Word yes. before she had a crisis. Yes. You must have seen the Lord do some unique things uh, around the time of her surgery or afterwards. Can you think of one that stands out of what God did? Yes, it really brought our family closer together. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it just shows that once we put our faith and trust in God, He can bring us through no matter what the circumstances are. So true. And he brought something beautiful out of something difficult yes, to draw you did. closer together. Yes, he did. Oh, that's that's fantastic. I praise him for that. Now, I also know that uh, you're a widow. Yes. And that your dear husband, J.R., went to be with the Lord. I wonder if you might share with us, please, some of what the Lord did and has done um, and maybe some things you've learned out of that uh, bereavement. Yes. God has really worked in my life. When my husband passed away very suddenly, I was totally numb. Mm -hmm. I was in shock. I felt like, is this really happening? Mm -hmm. I went through a very rough time yes. during that time. Mm -hmm. I was in denial. I went through all the stages of grief. Mm -hmm. I had to seek counseling because he was my supporter, my provider, my friend, mm -hmm. my husband, mm -hmm. the one whom I loved dearly. Yes. And we got married very young, mm -hmm. so we grew up together. Yes. And had five children. Mm -hmm. And so it was very difficult for me with him being gone so soon and going so quickly. Mm -hmm. But I had to be reminded that he always spoke of going quick when God was ready for him. Mm. And he loved the Lord. And so he always said to me, honey, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to linger. I don't want to ever have to be in hospital. And so he got his wish. The Lord granted him yes. those wishes. Wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. Although it was very hard for me and my children to mm -hmm. accept. Mm -hmm. But over the, the time, you know, God heals and there were many times when I was angry, mm -hmm. you know, I was really angry because I would say, why, why? You know, I'd see all these other people on the streets and everything, and I'd wonder, why did God take him? Mm -hmm. But then I had to come to grips that God loved him, mm -hmm. and his work here on earth was finished, and he wanted to take him home. Yes. So through that, it gave me an acceptance mm -hmm. because I know he's not dead. I know he's still living. Yes. He's with the Lord. 
you know. And it took me a while to accept that. But yes. I've, I've come to that acceptance, to know where he is. And one day I will see him again. Absolutely. There'll be a forever hello. Yes. No more goodbyes. <laughs> no. That's, that's really something. I understand that you have brought something with you that I'm so glad that you have, which has to do with your last... Uh, time with your husband on earth as it related to your time in God's Word. I wonder if you might share about that. Our last devotion together was with the choice cleaning calendar. And it was talking about David. And the verse was from 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And that's one thing I can be thankful for, that I can always be encouraged mm -hmm. in God's Word, and He will bring me through no matter what. So true. That was very precious of the Lord, wasn't it? That yes. That particular devotional you shared with Jr. was uh, so meaningful um, at the time, I'm right. sure, but then since His passing. Yes, and it also says... You know, in God's word, he says, I will never leave you or forsake mm. you. You know, he's always there with me. That is such a help and such a, a, a glory to God. And I know this morning, Martha, there are people listening yes. uh, in New Providence and the other family islands that um, ha have loved ones maybe facing a major health crisis or recent widows, men or women that have had to say goodbye in death to their, their beloved ones. And uh, I think that your testimony, uh, your God story is so helpful because you basically have said that God uh, brought Charmaine through with faith mm -hmm. and with confidence in yes. God uh, having a plan for her life. But also, since JR's passing, God has brought you through. Yes. And that you've been able to see and believe in time that JR's passing, although a, a shock to you and your family, was, was no surprise to God. It was in his plan, yes. his perfect plan. I would like to say, too, one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 41 and 10. And I'm going to personalize it. It says, yes. do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a fantastic promise that we all can take to the bank when we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Yes. Well, once again, thank you so much, Sister Martha, for coming in and telling a bit of your God story. Okay. It was nice to be here, Pastor Rob, and I'm praying that somebody out there listening, my story will be able to help them. Yes, me too. Whatever they're facing at this time. Beautiful. Well, why don't we pray together, Sister Martha? Thank you. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning because you are God and you love us. You've proven it by sending Jesus to die in our places. And Father, we also come to you because we can come no higher. You are God and God alone, and you have a perfect plan uh, for each of us, and uh, it's a joy to know that, and it's a perspective when we know that that brings us through crises and stress and pressure and loss in a unique way. Thank you, Lord, that JR is with you, 
When he became absent from his body, he became immediately present with you as a, a believer in Jesus. Thank you, as Martha put it, that he's not dead. Uh, JR's living, living in heaven with Jesus, and how great a confidence that is. Thank you, too, Lord, for answered prayer back in the late 80s with Charmaine's brain surgery. Thank you that you brought her through in a beautiful way and that she is, uh, has her full faculties and is loving you and loving her family uh, now. And we pray, Lord, for those listening today who have said goodbye to a loved one in death or who have loved ones that face major medical uh, crisis. We pray, Lord, that we together with them could learn to trust you, could learn to see our fear as a call for us to pray and to entrust ourselves to you. Thank you, Lord, too, for the role that biblical counseling has played in our sister Martha's story. And Lord, for any who are really stuck in their grief or stuck in their fear or anxiety, I pray that they could seek out biblical counseling um, here with our counseling center, Christian Counseling Center, or somewhere else. But Lord, that your word could be brought to bear on people's problems. Please bless Martha. Thank you that in healing her, you have made her a skilled and an experienced and a real help to others that face some of these issues that are around her. And we give you the glory for uh, all that you're doing in Martha and all that you will do through her. And we pray this in Jesus' name, rejoicing always. Amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. We invite you to join us this morning for a special New Year's Day service at 10.30 a.m. in our sanctuary located at 62 Collins Avenue. You can also write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com. Or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.